I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Aaron. Today on the show, CEO of Bitpanda talks about their Series B fundraise of $170 million. Tesla starts taking Bitcoin and Beeple puts his money in the bank. That's coming up today on the Decrypt Daily. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Today is Wednesday, March 24th, 2021. I am running around like a chicken with my head cut off today. I am so behind, so behind. I'm recording this at 1140 Eastern Standard Time. Oh, yeah, I'm not supposed to do that now. I'm supposed to do that after the crypto prices and this whole chiching money thing. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. And like I said, I'm recording this at 11.40 Eastern Standard Time. Bitcoin's in the number one spot at $56,516, up 2.3% from yesterday. Ethereum, $1,726, up 0.8% from yesterday. Binance in the number three spot at 264, up 1.7%. Tether number four, Cardano number five at 114, down 1.7%. And that's a seven-day down of 7.6%, by the way. While Polkadot's at the number six spot at 3565, up 1.5%. Just FYI, Uniswap and Theta moved into the top 10 at number 8 and number 9, respectively, while Litecoin still hangs on to the top 10 at the number 10 spot. Total market cap for all of the cryptocurrency space is at $1.71 trillion, and the BTC dominance is at 62%. Moving into our conversation today, we talked to Paul Klanschek, the CEO of Bitpanda and co-founder, and he's talking about his Series B $170 million raise also the future of Bitpanda and a lot of other things. Enjoy. Um, very good. Thank you for having e- me. Excellent. Excellent. As the CEO of Bitpanda and co-founder of Bitpanda, you guys just raised last week on Tuesday in a Series B fundraise, $170 million. Can you tell me one about that raise and two, what, you, what is it going to be used for? We just did the Series A last year in, uh, in summer. And this was the first time we brought on VC investors of the of the big kind, because we basically since that have grown 10x uh, on all our major KPIs. Um, we decided to do another quick round. It was actually uh, done really fast. And we basically uh, broke the uh, 1 billion euro valuation mark and have now become the, the first unicorn in Austria, which was uh, really cool for us and for the whole team. And yep, so the round was led by Vala. We uh, we onboarded as investors also DST Global, uh, the partners. And yeah, I mean, it, it very straightforward. This was an equity round. So the, yeah, the, the VCs have now more uh, equity than before and also more stake. They are very motivated to, um, yeah, to, to, to get more uh, shares of the company. Yeah, we have, we have some big plans. I mean, the, uh, as I said, we, we 10x, the, we, we've grown the team quite substantial. Yeah, so we, there's a lot of use for the money, but we are still profitable. So it's not crucial to raise funds, but to, to have stronger commitments from the investors. That was important. Excellent. Excellent. So are you going to be doing a Series C in the future or maybe D, E, F? What's the plans for future fundraisers? So 
Um, in, in general, we, we are always very open at, at each point where we say we need money. For example, let's say there comes a very good uh, merchant acquisition uh, around and we want to pay it with cash. Um, then it might be good to do a very quick Series C and, and fund it if it's strategically important. But other than that, I think it's really situational. And as for like not doing any series anymore and going for a public listing or something, or maybe a spec, this is always highly dependent on how the market is looking. Because right now, obviously, we can't. We just raised uh, a Series B. But let's say in two years, the market is super friendly. Our investors have the appetite to go for a uh, for an IPO, then why not? I mean, we are we are super open. We are trying to professionalize the company as much as possible. So from from this aspect, we would be ready then. A lot of these different uh, exchanges now are talking about going onto the stock market or going onto like being publicly listed. You see Coinbase with their massive valuation about to go direct listing onto the Nasdaq. You see Kraken talking about it in 2022. Do you have plans? There, there is, uh, I think, two major uh, ways of thinking about this. I think the one strong reason for the uh, for the big exchanges to do this is also brand recognition and customer loyalty. We have seen in the past that if you can actually buy something from the product that you're using, like be an investor, you're much more attached to it. So I think one of the major reasons for the exchanges to push for that is uh, is to go this route. The other side is you're you're then also super super regulated, and every move that you're doing is being judged. So Sometimes as an entrepreneur, you have to do some unpopular moves and it's really hard to do that if you don't have a very strong backing of your investors. For example, just think about Tesla. That guy has basically the majority voting rights so can do whatever he wants. But if this wasn't the case, he would have been probably kicked really uh, early on. And so that, that's why we are very hesitant on this, but it's definitely in the cards in the next years. I mean, if the market situation stays positive. I guess the last question is, what do you think the future of the exchanges are in Europe? You said that you're in Austria. Big Panda is, is based in Austria. What do you think the uh, European competition is going to look like over the next, say, five to 10 years? Um, we are an Austrian company, but we are active in the whole of Europe. And we are trying to be even more dominant in that space. I think we are already the, the biggest broker here, at least from the ones that we know of. And yeah, so build that out. But on the exchange front, we, we also have an exchange product. It's called Bitbundle Pro. And it's growing, but we have not the market share that we want yet. So this will be a challenge the next years, but definitely on the horizon that we can also become the biggest euro exchange in the future. And in general, you can already see that the, the old financial world, like the, the regular exchanges, like the London Stock Exchange, etc., they are looking to enter the game. So either by acquisition or they are funding their own exchanges. So it's not that absurd to, to say in five years, a joint venture between one of those companies might be the biggest crypto market in five years. So. Oh, that's interesting. That's super interesting. I thought that was my last question, but my actual last question is going to be, where, where does most of your uh, users come from? Are you open to the to the US? Is it, uh, I mean, since you said you're in Europe, is there more of a dominance toward the UK, which I don't even know if it is Europe anymore. Is it Europe? I don't even know how that even works anymore. Germany, Austria, what is it? So uh, the, the German speaking area is our strongest region because we are from there and brand in crypto is one of the most important parts because you only onboard an exchange if you have trust and if your mm -hmm. friends have onboarded there, etc. So in, in Europe, we support all the countries, even 
the UK. Uh, we, oh, wow. That's very we generous will continue, of you. Yeah, we will continue to do so. We are also uh, getting a license there. So, the yeah, we, we count it as the U in the US. You know, the US is really, really a red ocean. So, if you want to go there, you need to really be able to invest a huge amount of resources and money because if you can't basically play in the in the highest league and get all the licenses in all the 50 states you shouldn't do it and we decided there's so much uh, upside to get in europe and also countries outside of europe that are not the us that we will have a few years where we will not enter the us or at excellent. least that's the plan right now excellent paul klanschek CEO and co-founder of Bitpanda. Thanks for coming on the show and explaining your Series B fundraise. And I can't wait to have you back to see what you guys are doing in a couple months. Thank you. And in today's headlines, Elon Musk tweets, you can now buy a Tesla with Bitcoin. Tesla is using only internal and open source software and operates Bitcoin nodes directly. Bitcoin paid to Tesla will remain as Bitcoin and not converted into fiat currency, says Elon Musk's tweet. So how do you do this? Well, you go to tesla.com and build the model that you want. After scrolling down to the bottom after building your car, you can see continue to payment. Click on that and you'll see Apple Pay, order with card or buy with Bitcoin. Click the Bitcoin button. You have to enter your first name, last name, email address and phone number. And then it gives you a rough amount of how much Bitcoin it is. Right now, $100 of Bitcoin is about 0.001836 Bitcoin. And I'm putting this onto the BTC dollar converter and that is about $104. I'm assuming that they're going a little bit above $100 to pay for fees, transaction fees that is, to cover that cost while you're paying with Bitcoin. Pretty cool idea. Thank you, Elon, for doing this. More companies should start accepting Bitcoin. However, I highly doubt that anybody's gonna pay with Bitcoin unless you have a lot of Bitcoin. You're not gonna use your one or two Bitcoin to buy your Tesla. Well, you might, you might. I just saw a YouTube video where somebody said, I sold all my Bitcoin to buy a Tesla. Okay. You, you do you, um, but unless you have like a thousand Bitcoin, you're going to use one or 1.5 Bitcoin to buy your Tesla. You know, depending on what Tesla, it could be two or three Bitcoin. You're probably not going to do it. You're probably going to hodl. But Elon, thank you very much for doing this. The next headline reads, Coinbase CEO vows better customer support, likens the company to Amazon. Coinbase's CEO, Brandon Armstrong, went on Reddit to answer some questions. One of the questions included a question from a longtime customer who said they had become disillusioned with the company's customer support and claiming Coinbase was hiding behind layers of automated responses. In a response, Brian Armstrong, the CEO, blamed the recent crypto bull run, which he claims led customer service requests to quadruple in the recent months. He added that Coinbase has been hiring lots of people to address this issue and predicted the situation would improve. Brian Armstrong said, and quote, Actually, the number of people we brought in this year is more than the entire size of the customer support team prior to 2021. He continued to say, and you can imagine that it takes a long time to both hire and train these people so you can rely on them and they can be effective in helping customers. So you are seeing automation and things like that, but we never want to prevent customers from contacting somebody, end quote. This kind of reminds me of Independence Day. You guys remember Independence Day when Jeff Goldblum's dad arrives at Area 51 and they see the UFO down in Area 51 and he crashed there in the 50s and he's just like you guys knew then and you did nothing you know <laughs> and I kind of feel like Coinbase's customer support is like that we knew during the last bull run that it was crap everybody was saying it was crap and for four years they did nothing you knew then and you did nothing, Brian Armstrong. You did nothing. And now he's just saying, oh, I'm blaming the current bull run. 
dude, you are a horrible, horrible CEO. I mean, okay, fine. I don't, I don't want to say that because Coinbase is growing. They're making a lot of money. They're going to go direct listing. They're, everybody's making a lot of money. But don't tell me the bull run is making it so hard for you to have good customer service. You're cheap. You don't want to spend the money on it. And people are suffering with, because of your cheapness. Full stop. I mean, okay, I know. You might send me some emails saying, oh, Matthew, you don't know anything about the business. Oh, you don't know anything about the internal workings. Look, they knew then and they did nothing. And now they're having another bull run and they're saying the same thing. I liken this because we're just talking about Tesla. I'm going to liken this to Tesla. Elon Musk has never came out and said that their demand is so much that that's why they have panel gaps. He has always said, yeah, this sucks. We have to get our process better. Our quality is shit. We have to do better. And I have never heard of anybody calling customer service and having a bad experience with Tesla, even though they're messing up, even though they're selling as many cars or more cars than they thought they would. Look, that's what ownership is and responsibility is of your company and the problem. Brian Armstrong should have just said, nah, I'm cheap. We messed up. We're going to do better. Don't blame the bull run. Don't blame people signing up for your product. You're literally blaming the people who sign up for the product that you're trying to sell for the problems that you're having. That makes no sense, Brian. And finally, Beeple immediately converts his $53 million NFT earnings from F to USD. First, I want to say congratulations to Beeple. I don't know if he was rich before or if he was just trying to make it as an artist. I don't know his financial standings, but congrats for doing something every day for over 13 years, putting into a piece of art and getting paid. And he got paid. I know he wasn't expecting this because, oh, by the way, parental discretion is advised because he says, boom, $53 million into my account. Like, what the fuck? He continues to say, I'm not remotely a crypto purist. I was making digital art long before any of this shit. And if all this fucking NFT stuff went away tomorrow, I would still be making digital art, end quote. And a fun little tidbit, people remember the day he received the money in Miami, where he booked a private jet to celebrate. I mean, if you got 53 mil, you definitely can do that. Also, I couldn't find how much he's actually going to keep of that $53 million. If I'm correct, his art sold for $69.3 million. The $53 million that he received was less the Christie's auction house's fees and such for, you know, just putting this on and selling his art. So of that $53 million, how much does he keep? I'm not too sure. It's probably going to be like $25 million or something. Anyway, it's still a lot of money. I couldn't find how much he's going to pay in taxes with this. Maybe somebody could tell me. Matthew Aaron at Decrypt.co. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Aaron. Don't forget to go to Apple Podcasts, like, subscribe, share, leave us a comment, or you can email me, Matthew Aaron at Decrypt.co. Don't forget that Friday is listener questions. So if you want to email me a question, it's Aaron at Decrypt.co. I'll be happy to answer your questions on Friday. Until then, happy hodling, everyone.